This is Waiting for Review, a show about iOS development and the Apple ecosystem. From the UK, I'm Dave Knott, and joining me from New Zealand is Dave Wood. Um, I'm looking at 4K monitors, though, sort of in, in preparation. I just can't find one I like. Mm. I just kind of wish Apple would make one. Um, yeah, that the, for me, the, the, the gap... Uh, between what what I want and what is there is is quite big. Um, I think it's just like the uh, like okay. If I take the hit on on how it looks, um, then that kind of doesn't that kind of opens things up a little bit. You get things like you know with whopping great bevels all look really quite thick, all that end of stuff. Or at the other side of things, you've got it's it's basically probably going to be okay, but then the balance of cost kind of kicks in for me. Um, I don't know, like just, yeah, so I sort of end up in this situation where like it's either going to be sort of fairly expensive, but then gives me all the colour range I like, but still looks kind of boxy. Um, Or I go the other direction and I go, well, it's going to look boxy anyway and let's cheap out on this. And then I'm into sort of realms of like, is that the right balance of colours has that got the right range of contrast you know that sort of stuff um and then you know kind of just sort of going well i'm managing okay with the monitor i've got right now so maybe i should just not bother yeah i mean i found one a dell one yeah it, it looks all right but yeah it's got hdr 10 um a lot of the a lot of the stuff you'd expect um, how much is that? Three sixty nine for a twenty seven inch four K. That's not bad. It's not bad. It, it doesn't even say four K on, on the website. I'm looking at it. It calls it a quad HD, which I always find a bit funny. <laughs> but that's weird. So it's calling it a quad HD, and then in the description it says it's a super screen, um, perfect for watching all of your favourite shows and films in vibrant wide quad HD. And then it goes on to mention the resolution is 2560 by 1440. Well, that's not Quad HD. <laughs> is it? I don't... Uh, hang on a second. Is it Quad HD if it's 720p? Oh, damn it, yeah. So it's not Quad Full HD. Which would be 4K. Yeah. That, yeah, yeah, there you go. All right. Okay, that one's off the list then. That's a shame. I almost thought I'd found a good monitor then for a minute. So basically that's like an IMAX, an old pre-retina iMac panel yeah if you think of it in those terms let's say I, f- I find i find monitor choosing awkward i just end up sort of going yeah well maybe not right now then yeah i said that's where i keep coming back to really and i've got this 24 inch hp thing just like a 1920 by 1200 panel that's it's got to be over 10 years old but at this point i might just hook into that because i think really i don't i haven't come to my desk where this monitor is likely to live I mean, I'm also here now talking to you, and I was here last weekend talking to you, and in between that time, I've been here once for half an hour. Right. So really, I don't know how much value to kind of put on having a monitor anyway, because I'm probably never going to use it. Yeah. So, yeah, it, it just, I think, I'm not too worried about, like, me personally buying one at the minute, but it just highlights to me that it's kind of a gap here for Apple to, to make something. So there must be loads of people that have got laptops and especially if you buy a MacBook Pros like they're thousands mm-hmm. of pounds so these are these are customers that are not price sensitive 
And if you were to put out a monitor at a thousand pounds, I don't know, thirteen hundred pounds, maybe fifteen hundred pounds, and it was yep. twenty-seven inch, five K, one cable, boom, into your new MacBook Pro, charges the MacBook Pro, acts as some kind of like USB C dock that actually works reliably all the time. <laughs> I, th- I think there's a big market there, <laughs> you know, because yeah, there will you know, be. The 15-inch MacBook Pro is kind of like the default, kind of like standard military issue, isn't it, for any, like, developer or whatever? Yeah. Or kind of creative professional. It's like 15-inch MacBook Pro. There you go. That You know, just hand, it, hand them out. Yeah. yeah, you know. So you think for all of those people, there's got to be monitors that are needed as well. Yeah, totally. There's definitely... And this is the thing. Like, when Apple got out of the market, I kind of looked and sort of went, really? Do they think the market's dying? Um, and I guess it just became something, you know, rather than that, I think it's more like it became something that they just didn't want to, um, participate in. Um, and I've never really sort of fully understood why I, to me, like, you know, they're already in the monitor market, even when they're out of the monitor market because they're making the iMac. Yeah. Um, so I, kind of look and I sort of think, well, if they stripped down the iMac, so it was almost literally like a nothing machine inside of it and just and and had it um had it use target display mode again if they made that a possibility um i'm sure there's a bunch of people wouldn't mind paying you know the the sort of over the odds kind of price to use an imac as a monitor (laughs) even right (laughs) you imagine if they if if they basically stuck like the uh the macbook air kind of innards um, in terms of processor or, or, or whatever was needed, um, you know, and, and that was, and that was it. It just have it have it operate on some sort of permanent target display mode when you you put it into uh, into the right configuration. Yeah, um, and again, you know that that would then suit people buying um, buying the new Mac Pro. That that would suit those people. Oh yeah, but they've already got a monitor for those people. <laughs> like six thousand pounds for a monitor. Yeah, this is true. This is another thousand for the stand. Another thousand if you want it anti glare. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I'm just looking here actually but, on uh, Amazon uh, in the UK. The LG Ultrafine 5K is thirteen hundred and nine pounds with an RRP, and it's on sale apparently, but probably not. An RRP of thirteen hundred and forty two ninety nine. So it stands to reason if Apple were to bring out a display, it's probably going to be more than that. Yeah. Yeah, I guess. And this also comes down to me not really knowing very much about the the length and breadth of of monitor technology, I think, as well. You know, when I sort of assumed that you could could do something in that that range and it would be good enough. Um, Clearly, if you sort of look in that price range, there are monitors and they do things that I guess I just don't care about. Yeah, actually, it's not not my normal <laughs> price range. Um, yeah, you know, color control and this that, and the other. I guess um, to sort of make sure it's absolutely pixel perfect for people doing work that needs to care about that. Um, yeah, I guess as a developer, really, it's easy to sort of kind of go, "Well, I'm going to have to check this on the device that it's running on." And for me, the device it's running on is usually a a phone or an iPad. Yeah, um, so it's probably easier for me to not care so much about what my monitor's doing, provided it displays Xcode perfectly well. Well, that's one thing I was considering, actually, was most of the monitors I've looked at so far have been the 27-inch 4K monitors, 
And yep. there's a BenQ, a couple of BenQs that look quite interesting. And I've seen um, a couple of YouTubers um, that specifically put together sort of like desk setups. They've used this BenQ monitor in their setups, and it's a 32-inch 4K monitor. Okay. And part of me wondered about using that, but not in 2X. Okay. Because I'm guessing... So you've got the 20- space, but... Yeah. Ooh. Yeah, I, I don't know how that would look. I really don't know. Because yeah, at 27-inch, really at 4K, you'd run it in 2X. So essentially it's going to be like 1920 by 1080 sort of logical resolution, but obviously the pixels would be double that, hence 4K. Yeah. Um, at 32-inch, I don't know whether you could get away with running it at 1X, just because each pixel would be that be that little bit bigger. Mm. It's food for thought. That- yeah, it is. And, and again, it's kind of food for thought, and at the end of it, I come down come back down to it, and I'm like, do I, do I even need one at all? Just... I'd probably be fine without one. Um, yeah. Right now, I've just got the laptop on the desk. That's fine. It's not great, but it's fine. And for the amount I'm here, I can probably live with it. I think. So so many different setups, though, as well. Like, I mean, I found myself looking at um, at the bridge uh, keyboards for for iPad oh, over the no. weekend. And they're, <laughs> no, actually, they're they're quite good. I've seen one in real life. A coworker has one, and they they look cool. Um, I mean, I know that effectively turns the iPad into a a MacBook. <laughs> but across and down the way on the bridge site are um, the Henge docks, which are the vertical docking stations for the MacBook Pro. Yeah, I know the ones you mean. Yeah, and I, I mean, I don't know how they work out in terms of like airflow and that end of stuff, but they look really cool. You know, if you sort of think about a desktop setup, I can just rock up and just kind of like, okay... The Mac slides in the dock, done. Um, you know, and then you've got everything else that's plugged in, sort of from there. Yeah, yeah, they they look cool. No, no, they, you're absolutely right. They do look cool. Um, I don't know how well the Macs perform when they're in clamshell mode versus when they're not. Yeah, yeah. My gut feeling is they probably rely on the screen being open to a certain amount to yeah, they do. allow for heat to come via the keyboard. That's that's my experience. Um, at work actually there are there are times where I kind of pop the lid um, on my on my MacBook Pro because I operate it in clamshell mode and use an external keyboard and um, and touchpad and yeah there are times where I pop the lid on the MacBook Pro to, um, just because it kind of sounds like it needs it if I can hear the fans <laughs> <laughs> but to be fair it's not because it sort of slows right down or, or gets really hot or anything like that it's just that yeah I can hear the fans so I should probably pop the lid I do like the Henge docks so they do look cool um, not the biggest fan of the bridge keyboards as you could probably tell by the way I reacted <laughs> they just annoy me and I'm sure they're good like for people that need them but it just it's like if you're going to go to that length to turn your iPad into a laptop yeah like maybe Maybe you bought the wrong product. <laughs> I don't know. Um, Maybe they do work. They do work really well, though. Yeah, I guess. What I find hard is that you, you people in the press that talk about them quite a lot uh, and talk about them very favourably for good reason, I'm sure. But I find it hard to reconcile that with the fact that these people are like notoriously picky Apple nerds, and I don't know how they can kind of accept sort of strapping their iPad into this sort of makeshift laptop enclosure thing an acceptable solution. And I say this as having never used it, but it just, it just seems like two things that are at odds with each other. 
Okay, so from what I've seen um, with, with my co-workers one, it looks reasonably easy to pop it in and out of the enclosure. Um, and then the enclosure itself, the build quality is really good. Um, and the keyboard, it kind of reminds me of the keyboard um, on the 2015 MacBook Pros. Right. So it sort of harks to that. It's a slippery um, slope, though, isn't it? Because then you start thinking, oh, it'd be nice if this thing had a touchpad. <laughs> and then you're well, basically back at the laptop, aren't you? Yeah, you are, which is it's kind of funny because that's, that's kind of how I felt sort of having a go on it and looking at it. So I sort of, it's missing something, and the thing it's missing is the touchpad. Um, but equally, the machines now are feeling you know, more and more capable in that kind of space. So, yeah, I, I'm, I'm not, I'm not adverse to the blend. I think it's just that the, um, the operating system still, even, I think even with, uh, the pointer support that we've kind of ended up with, with iOS 13, I think even with that, um, the, the current iPad OS rather, it's not built for it still. Mm. Um, and so, yeah, for anybody like uh, like you, Dave, you're you're not going to appreciate it because it's not a Mac. You know, there's a bunch of stuff about a Mac that you you prefer to have. Um, I, I guess down right down to sort of how the windowing environment works and that end of stuff as well. Yeah. Uh, but then, if you've got the iPad for other reasons, and you want a decent keyboard. F- for a period of time where you're going to be doing extended typing or whatever, um, things like the bridge actually look sort of quite ideal. Um, but it's, it's such a, a specific case though. Um, I mean like the, the people I know that have got, got this sort of setup, it's a situation like, well, I've got the iPad and I also take train journeys. So I want to be able to type a load of shit up while I'm on the train. Yeah. And it's like, yeah, okay, that works. That's that, that makes sense. You know, and both, sort of slip into sort of the bag and they're really small um, and I can kind of see how that works out um, mm-hmm. but yeah if you, I think for me I sort of get frustrated by that tension that's there where it's like ah but I also want to kind of just boot up Xcode yes yeah. <laughs> yeah, so I guess iPad OS still isn't sort of ready for that in terms of like proper trackpad support and things, it's more, it's it's definitely like an accessibility thing at this point, isn't it? With the, the pointer and everything. Yeah. 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 Um, and I guess it's going to be that way for a little while, but I, I don't know. I mean, like, I think we might look back and sort of see like an element of, uh, like iPad OS as it is, 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 is a good first step, you know? And, and like as things sort of converge that little bit more, there might be a tipping point sort of, you know, two or three years down the line or something uh, where this all sort of just makes sense. Uh, That's that little bit more. It's funny with the iPad. I think they've got to be careful what they do to it because I've had three separate incidents now with three different family members that have contacted me to be like, my iPad's updated and now it's broken. I was like, okay. Yeah. Break it it down for me. Um, Because... Turns out they're not broken at all. They're absolutely fine. What's happened is they've upgraded to iPad OS. And what was it my dad said? He goes, my internet's gone broken. And what what he meant by that was that when he Googles something, he now gets the desktop version of Google. 
instead of the like sort of tablety mobile version. And as far as he was concerned, yeah, that, that's broken. And then he said, oh, what, all my apps have gone smaller as well. So that's no good. That needs to be fixed. Like, all of these things, he's like listing them off as if they're faults. Yeah. Um, and they're right, just fine. the differences between one and the other. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and he's like, what's, what's all this iPad OS anyway? And I was like, well, you know, it does this, 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 and this. And he goes, well, I don't care about that. I was like, well, okay, <laughs> fine. <laughs> we'll just turn off these features. So I, I made his icons big again and put the Safari back into um, into like tablet mode, if you like. Yeah. Um, lo and behold, ring, ring, Gran on the phone. <laughs> <laughs> My iPad's broken. <laughs> so, oh, no. Exact, exactly the same thing. My icons have gone small and the internet looks funny. Yeah. So to me, that just highlights that actually, I know there's like a quite a vocal um, sort of power user base of the iPad. But there's also a lot of people that have bought iPads that have bought them for exactly what the iPad was maybe like five years ago. Just to use it as a big iPhone. Yeah. In a lot of ways. You know, you press the internet, the whole thing turns into the internet. You press Facebook, the whole thing turns into Facebook. It's one thing at a time. And they can get that. I mean, I've struggled for years with my family with like Windows computers. They all went through the stage when laptops came down to about like, you know, 399, 499. They became like relatively affordable compared to what they once were. So yep. again, grandparents, they went out and got one of these 399 laptops. My dad did the same. And it, there was always something that they were either afraid of it or they were unsatisfied in some way. They didn't know how to do X. They didn't know how to do Y. Whenever they did this, it went wrong. Java always needs updating. So to give them an iPad, it's great because you never hear from them again in terms of tech support. They, they they can look after themselves and they actually feel i think empowered by by an ipad whereas with a, with a laptop they were intimidated they were scared they felt like they didn't know what they were doing um yeah. and now their ipads have started to change a little bit they they feel that same level of um, sort of like angst yeah i don't know i, I tried to explain to them like all these great features and they're like well, I, I i really don't care about that that's I just want to press the email thing down here and the emails come up and then I want to go to Facebook. Then I want to go to Safari and that's like their little loop that they do. Um, yeah. Or, and photos. That sounds, that sounds like how my grandpa uses his actually just, just to add um, Skype into there every so often. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I think my grand uses Skype too. She's got an iPad air too. Um, yeah. And then my granddad complains as well. Um, Cause he's got an iPad pro the generation before the current version of Pro's come out. Um, my dad's also got the first-gen iPad Pro. So two out of the three of them have got iPad Pro 12.9 inches. And you would think, if they've bought that kind of device, that they would be the kind of user that is so ready for these new features. Um, turns yep. out they bought them because the screen was bigger. It's easier to see. Bigger screen. That was it. That was the the sole reason they got the 12.9 Pro. Spent hundreds of pounds over the odds compared to what they could have bought like the... I don't know, Air 2 or whatever it was at the... So yeah, have that bigger screen. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, I mean, it makes sense. Yeah, it's just wild. My eyes getting worse. Get a bigger screen. Simple as that. Done. <laughs> yeah. They, they couldn't care less about the Apple Pencil. They couldn't care less about all the, you know, multitasking. You know, forget that. That's never going to happen in a million years um, with them. So I, I do feel that whatever Apple do to improve the OS... They, they're almost like walking a tightrope because yes they want to improve it and make it more powerful but it's almost like they need to retain its original simplicity 
and I'm not sure how they do that. No, no, the, uh, without operating kind of two modes on it. Yeah. Which, yeah, I mean, like, I, I can see if we end up with anything approaching like a, a convergence of Mac OS into the the iPad OS, um, you know, to the point where I'm running Xcode on my iPad and that, that, that world exists. I could see that being like a sort of developer mode that you hook into that, that sort of gives you and even more complexity to the OS. Um, but that's, you know, that's a what if and a, a down the line. And the, the reality is, as you're describing, even with today's world, just adding that bit more to the iPad OS kind of, I don't think it's necessarily leaving some people behind. Um, but there is this tension there in terms of it sort of leaving behind what it was. Um, yeah. Yeah, that, that's that's curious and I hadn't really thought about it to be honest myself I, I'd sort of looked into sort of gone no of course these things are cool you know like having the desktop browser and that sort of mode you know to my mind that was like okay cool this this might actually fix a few websites that have kind of felt a bit broken you know and that that's going to help help a lot of people um yeah I hadn't really c- considered that that change could sort of be uh I guess kind of scary for some of those users, right? You know, they yep. use their iPad every day, probably in a very specific mode. I mean, I know like with my grandpa, he kind of sits down to sort of you know, check everything on the internet, David. That's <laughs> <laughs> kind of how he'll describe it. Um, yeah. And, 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 you know, that moment where he sits down in his chair, I guess, could end up being disrupted by by this sort of an update. And it sounds like what your guys have experienced as well. Yeah. What was the other thing? Oh, the um, the slide over widgets thing. Yep. Um, that didn't go down well either. Just <laughs> uh, yeah, it's just like what's, what's all this rubbish that's come up? That's what my grandson. I, I explained to her that you know these are like widgets, and it's just I like, get them out of the way, get them gone. Um, yeah, it's in the way. How do I get it out of the way? And then the discoverability of that is not that easy actually the sort of first time round for a lot of people yeah i've seen that one play out in my own household um, yeah, and i still feel like i have an issue with it at times actually do you yeah yeah uh, this is quite often where it's like hang on out of the way no 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 really i meant to swipe it out of the way and it just doesn't engage the right gesture yeah i'm operating it wrong clearly um but the, but the go round with it is frustrating at times hmm yeah. yeah, so I, I don't know where Apple go, really, from here. Um, because you I keep guess it you could... Too, s- if, if you keep it too simple, then you're cutting out a whole market in terms of people that want the iPad to do more. Um, and if you make everything that bit more complex, again, you're cutting out another market that need it to be accessible and simple. Do you think they fork the OS? Uh, so that iPad not- Pro gets a certain flavour of it. And then the original iPad and the iPad Air. Although I'm not really sure what place the iPad Air has now. Now the 10.2 is out, and that seems pretty decent. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I, I sort of feel like forking the OS yet again would sort of be a bit of a <laughs> fork a, of a fork. But why? Yeah, I could see it having maybe like um like I say a pro mode, maybe where a load of these things just get pinged on, and you might default like the iPad Pro to sort of you know being distributed with that that mode maybe yeah. um that that would sort of make sense to me i, I hasten 
to not describe it as like iPadOS classic because I think that just would be the wrong terminology because this would be an ongoing thing. Yeah. Um, but yeah, pro mode maybe that that would make sense. Um, hmm. I feel like I'm not the person that should be discussing this really. <laughs> should, should, should have Daryl on for this or something? But I'm, I'm just kind of here like shouting into the air anyway. But that's that's fine. Um, yeah. How do we get onto this? <laughs> okay, so this kind of links into a little bit of what I've been doing this weekend in some ways. Um, so I've been looking at, at buying a few new things. Um, but part of the reason is that I made a little bit of money earlier this year with, with AirSynth. Um, not, not an incredible amount, but there's a, a pocket of money sort of sat there. And it was occurring to me, well hey, I could actually update my, my Apple Watch. Um, and, you know, that, that would be, that would, would come out of those funds, if you like. Um, because my, my Series Naught is kind of dead. It's not making okay. it through the day in some circumstances. Um, it, I went out for a run Saturday morning, used Strava um, at like 8 o'clock in the morning. Um, it was on like 10% battery a couple hours later or so when I got back home um, because I go for a coffee with some people after the run and this, that and the other I got back home and it was like maybe about half 10 and I realised yeah, that actually needs charging all over again Uh, which is, that's that's not normal that's not great and it's not a good experience but it is old now you know, it's, it's end of life it's not even supported with the latest OS so that sort of got me to thinking, well, maybe I could actually just upgrade the watch. And I've got an idea for an app, which often drives, you know, whether I want to buy a new piece of kit. Um, and um, so I sort of started browsing and having a look. And I guess this is linked to the last conversation because it was another extension of logic, which was I sort of spoke to, to my wife about this and sort of said, hey, would you want to be sort of upgrading your watch as well? Um, and that would guide my purchasing decision. You know, that would sort of shove me down the route of, of picking up probably two series three watches, um, in terms of the, the, um, expense mm-hmm. and, and kind of where we're at as users as well of, of the Apple watch. And I'll get to that in a second. Um, but one of the things that she sort of said was, well, you realize that our youngest really, really wants your iPad as soon as you upgrade. And actually, if you're looking at sort of spending any money, maybe there's a, a thing there to sort of consider whether you upgrade your, your iPad or you know, we get another machine in the household that he can sort of use. So right. that set me looking at iPads. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so there's your link. <laughs> and I'm not going to get into like whether I think... Um, because this whole end of it, like whether I should really like, you know, hold on um, because there might be an updated iPad um, or whatever, an updated iPad Pro. Uh, and I think it would be an iPad Pro that I would want to get, actually. Sort of going through a, a series of different logic as to how I want to use the machine and what I want it to have. Okay, I'd so just hold up one. a second. What have you got at the minute? Remind me. A ten and a half inch iPad Pro. Which is still a really good machine, actually. That is essentially what is now the iPad Air, right? Yeah, yeah. It's okay, a, gotcha. Well, it's kind of essentially it's somewhere between the iPad Air and and bits of it are in the uh, the 10.2 as well, I guess. 
Yeah, okay. Uh, and it's the old pencil. Mm-hmm. So, but I think I, I'm looking at the Pro from the basis that I want I want a machine that's got the Face ID unlock. I like the side charging of the pencil. Um, and if I'm upgrading, I want it to feel like an upgrade as well. So I kind of want that bit more grunt that I would get with that machine. Um, so, yeah, I've been kind of been eyeballing them. And because it's it's not quite... Uh, it's not quite at the end of its run because it doesn't look like there's going to be new machines probably until next March, looking at all the rumours. Um, but they, it's, it's so far into its run now, a year and a bit in, that there are machines popping up on the refurb list as well. Oh, yeah, that's true. Yeah. And, and actually you can get a reasonable deal on the refurb list. Um, so I think that's that's kind of my target there. So you could go yeah. in at eleven inch or twelve nine? Eleven inch for me, I think. Fair yeah, enough. The, yeah. Okay. My my ice is still decent. <laughs> <laughs> for now. I'm I'm not in that market just yet. No, I th- I think like that'll be the, the optimal size for how I like to use it. Um Yeah, so I'm kinda looking at that, I'm thinking about that and I'm not quite at a decision yet. You know, I need to, to just sort of figure out if this is actually the best use of, of that that pot of money or what. Um, but, uh, yeah, kind of excited about the idea as well. Yeah, the refurb thing probably sounds like a good idea. I, I do like the idea of the whole refurb thing. I think you can get a cracking deal for what is essentially a brand new machine. Yeah. Um, could you imagine, like, some of the reasons that people return stuff? It's just for, like, basically no reason at all. So the machine's probably fine, just other than I didn't really like it. Um, yeah, and Apple are really good at that, and they'll take stuff back. Um, without you sh- an awful you lot should of not realise that it's a refurb if you look at the machine out of the box side by side with another. No, well, I think they have to go to quite some length to replace various parts that, like, you might have touched, like keyboard, trackpad. Um, yeah, I'm not sure if I'm 100 percent in saying this, but I think um, when Gruber had a review MacBook, they were talking about what happens to this review unit when it goes back, and I'm, I think he was kind of musing whether it. I think he heard somewhere that they, they actually do like replace the whole top case because obviously you've had like palms resting on it and that could have mm-hmm. potentially discoloured the aluminium or whatever that, you know, your hands resting on it all day and that kind of stuff and keys. Um, so yeah, you, it should be essentially a brand new machine. Um, yeah. yeah. And arguably a brand new machine that's been tested twice because it's been tested yeah. by the, the person using it. And if it is just a case of there was nothing really wrong with it, then... Yeah, fair enough. But if there was something wrong with it, that's why they've sent it back. Yeah. You know, and then it's been tested again when Apple have fixed whatever that is to refurb it. And and then it comes to use. It's been through a couple of steps of more validation than it would have had before. Like if it was just a brand new machine to you. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I, I mean, I'm, I've had refurbs in the past. I, I used to buy all my, um, my MacBooks. As, as refurb models just because it was the, you know, the better bang for book um, what's, what's the discount I, on it generally about 10% yeah yeah uh, looking at the prices I'm seeing here I think that's that's probably about right yeah yeah okay so is there like a refurb store in New Zealand then that you can get access to yeah it's a refurb online store and actually it seems to behave a little bit differently to the um, to the UK one as I remember it because the UK one it used to sort of feel like all the refurbs um came on at a certain time of day like about eight o'clock um and I, I, this might be different these days 
um, but then they would sort of disappear later on in the evening. And so there's this gap if I looked later on at night where there was nothing in the refurb store. Um, and I've, I've browsed New Zealand one last night at a similar sort of time of day, and it, it seems like it's always open. Oh, okay. Um, yeah, I've so never really uh, used the UK one much. I wouldn't be able to tell you. Um, generally yeah. got to move pretty quick, though, haven't you? Because yes. I guess it's limited limited supply. So, yeah, when, when it's gone, it's gone, I guess. Yeah. Um, but, I mean, this this is not a, a pressing or urgent need right now. This is more just an idle sort of like, yeah, um, there's, there's probably a case here to sort of do something before Christmas, I think. I think that's what we're aiming at. If, if the logic here is like, um, I'm going to update a machine, but then there's a series of hand-me-downs that sort of benefit the the kids, actually kind of timing it for over over Christmas and the Christmas break would be kind of cool. Yeah. yeah that, so you're thinking of parking the watch idea? Uh, I'm looking to... Um, the reason I'm kind of humming and hiring is I'm looking to see if there's a combination that gets me a watch out of the deal as well. <laughs> uh, and I, so that's why I'm looking at the the Series 3. Because uh, okay. the Series 3 is definitely an upgrade from a Series Nought. Um, but it's also being sold reasonably, as far as these things are ever reasonable, um, reasonably cheap, compared to uh, to the Series 5. Um, and, I, and I want to buy new as well with, with the watch. I, I, want, I want a brand new battery. Yeah, yeah, that's fair enough, yeah. It's funny we've been looking at. Um, I've been looking today for Apple watches as well. Actually, yeah, Series Three because Heather's got one of those sort of Fitbit clone things. Um, yeah, it's like seventeen pounds from Amazon, so it's like dirt cheap. And yeah, the, the way you charge it, you pull off the strap, and then sort of part of the body of the watch is like almost like the USB port. Um, okay, and that snapped today. So she's always kind of. She always kind of joked to me that like, oh, I, I, I could have bought like 10 or 20 watches for, for what you've spent on yours. And then I kind of added up all the watches she's bought since I've known her. And I said, well, <laughs> you actually have. <laughs> Ooh. So, <laughs> this is like number 10. <laughs> so um, I just kind of said, well, why, why don't you just get yourself an Apple Watch? Because I've got an Apple Watch, but really you are the target. If it's out of us too, you're the target market. Like, you're the one that goes running and and that kind of stuff so really if if either one of us should have an apple watch it's you um so i just started having a look and like you say the series three is quite competitively priced at the minute what's uh just sort of off the shelf here in the uk it's at 199 at the minute i guess that's sort of relates to what you're getting to the new zealand dollar yeah yeah yeah. it's it's 349 here in new zealand dollars right okay um, so I think that we might actually be getting a better deal there after exchange rates and everything else. But most likely, it's going to yeah. be you know. So within this, that or the other, it's the same kind of discount. Yeah, and certainly relative to the five. So just sort of mulling that one over here. Actually, only like the last kind of four hours it came up. Um, obviously, Heather's birthday's coming up as well, so potentially could roll it into that. We don't we don't really do like big gifts for each other. Yeah. Um, because we kind of got a joint account of all of our money in it, so it's kind of like you kind of be buying your own present. If if I just went out and bought something on the joint account, it'd be like, well, here's your present. By the way, you paid for half of it, <laughs> which um, <laughs> is a bit weird. But um, yeah, yeah, like we'll we'll, we'll, gen- we'll we'll generally like discuss and then be like, 
because it's around the time that your birthday is, why don't we buy X? And then like it's a, yeah. like a joint kind of considered thing. But yeah, the birthday factor can weigh into it a bit, I guess. So we're kind of looking <laughs> at one through that lens. And you can get the um, you can get the Nike version, um, right. which I think opens up a few new watch faces or something, and comes with the the strap with all the holes in it. Mm-hmm. It's sort of really sporty kind of strap. And then potentially look at um, like third-party straps for other uses as well. So yeah. she's going running. That might actually be a cool sort of consideration is to sort of buy that one, but then you know go on eBay, go on Amazon, look at some of the third-party straps as well for for other situations. Yeah, some of them um, are great. They really. I've yeah. got two of them. Um, in fact, my leather loop that came with my Apple Watch that melted in 2016 so just over a year old and like the plastic edging on it just kind of melted and it brought me out in a really horrible rash all over my wrist um so then i I just kind of went to amazon and found some really nice straps and they've been great i've got like a a, basically it's a rip off of the the sport loop yeah um like the, the the rubbery one not the velcro style one i think i paid I pay for it like four ninety nine. Yeah, it's just dirt cheap, and it seems fine. It's absolutely fine. I've got like quite a nice leather, brown leather strap, which is more of like a dressier kind of one. I think that was like fifteen pounds. Um, I mean, look at what you can pay for for the straps from Apple. And I usually come down on the side of Apple in discussions like this, like, oh, well, you want to get the Apple one because X, Y, and Z. You know, it's better in some way. Yep. I just can't see it in this case. I really can't. No, your choices are so wide as well with all the third-party ones now that it just it kind of ends up being like for the price of that Apple one, I could have tried out quite a few third-party ones. Yeah, had a few duds and probably had some really good ones as well, and still had a bit of change left over. Yeah, and I think where I draw the line is with the uh, the link bracelet. Yeah, because I think actually as as a piece of engineering, that's quite clever. It's its own thing, really. What the way you can pull the links out and put the links in and the way it sort of fits nicely with the whole design aesthetic of the watch. Um, I see quite a lot of people with sort of link bracelets, but like really sort of chunky style ones. And it just doesn't fit with the watch at all. Um, again, you can tell it's like something that's been bought off of Amazon on the cheap. It, right. just, it just, doesn't, just doesn't look right. It, it would look right with a big... You know, like the kind of the watches that like Formula One drivers have to wear when they go on the podium because they've got some sponsor deal with a, a watch manufacturer, or <laughs> you know, just some like a, a big fat watch that you see like a famous person wearing, probably because they're being paid to wear it. Yeah, um, I've seen people come in like with Apple Watch straps that are like that. So you got this big, thick, heavy bracelet-style strap, and then you have got this quite delicate-looking Apple Watch attached to it, and it just doesn't work at all. But. Um, <laughs> I would be interested though to see like if there if there are any decent third party versions of the the stainless steel link bracelet because I've always quite fancied one but I don't want to pay three hundred and fifty quid for it from Apple. So yeah, I've I've got a metal um, kind of link style third party one that I picked up for about twenty pounds. Right. Um, that is sort of my formal mode uh, kind of watch um, strap. Um, but I don't know how it really compares to the link bracelet. If you put them side by side, you're not going to think that mine's better. I know that much. So is it supposed to be the link bracelet, like a clone no. of the Apple one? It's just no. the same thing. It's its own thing. Yeah, it's just a a, a metal strap. Um, 
it's you know closer to any other sort of generic watch strap really yeah um but that you know again for the amount of times that i ever you know go to anything that i feel is formal enough to warrant wearing that strap it yeah i couldn't justify spending anything else really and it, it looks decent you know i i like it in that mode as well uh I'm trying to think, like, when was the last time I used it like that? And I think that was, like, a, sort of one of the only times I've dressed formally since moving to New Zealand, which is, like, <laughs> once or twice. There's, there's one here on Amazon that looks really quite good. Twenty one ninety nine, And it looks like a pretty good clone of the <laughs> the Link bracelet. Um, interestingly, in, in, the device descri- in the description of the item, they keep referring to the iWatch. Compatible for iWatch. <laughs> I think that was a bit of a get-out because it was never actually the iWatch, right? So, yeah, that's right, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Good old um, it's a little bit like when you uh, you see third-party Lego, uh, branded as Legos, or Legos oh, really? compatible, yeah. Like, <laughs> oh. <laughs> um, one thing that's just occurred to me, I had a couple of people sort of say, oh no, you should not get the Series 3 because it's like, you know, it's, it's going to be kind of end of line. Uh, and yeah, part of, I don't mind about that actually because I've run my series naught for so long. I kind of figure like as long as it feels like an upgrade now, I'm still going to be happy with it for at least another probably couple of years. Yeah, you know, so that that's not a consideration. And actually, if I felt like I wanted to upgrade this time next year, then that watch actually becomes a really good um, one to just pass trades on to my wife because she's like, actually, I'm happy with my series naught right now. You know, she's get, hers is doing what what she feels she wants it to do still, um, which is relaying notifications mainly when her phone is in her bag. Yeah, that's um, so. You know, in my household, it fits because it's going to be good right now for what I want it for. And if I really want the upgrade, sort of later next year, if there's a series six or something that I'm, I'm eyeing up, then it's still got a, a sort of after use use in the household as well um but um looking at the series three right now its size is the same as my series naught right yeah almost identical isn't it yeah which means that the bright the um the bands and everything else that i've got already are going to be compatible and that's kind of cool yeah you know that that metal metal band is still going to be useful with it whereas i'm not sh- would it have been with um with anything newer Yes, it would. If you'd gone for a 44... Have you got a 42 at the minute? I've, I've got a 38. Um, so you would need to get a 40mm of the Series 4 or the 5 to maintain strap compatibility. Right, okay. So that's not a consideration, and that's cool. That's, yeah. Yeah, that's no, good. That is a nice touch, isn't it, that you can... I th- yeah, and if you had the 42, you'd go 44 to keep your straps. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So stay in the same size class yeah, as it was. Yeah, basically, <laughs> Yeah, yeah, um, but uh, yeah. Somebody else sort of said to me um, on Twitter, "Oh, the Series Three is um, isn't going to be supported next year." And I thought, "Nah, they're selling it brand new right yeah. now. That, that doesn't feel right." And then I dug a little deeper, and the Series One runs on WatchOS Six. That's what I was just about to say to you. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. the Three is surely not going to get cut next year. No, so I think I'll get at least a couple of years out of it in terms of support. Um, one of the things that might be a little awkward with that is it's um, 
it's 32 bit and then uh series 4 was 64 i think looking down into the processors right but again mm. i'm not sure how big a deal that actually is you know it's clearly supported today um and there's not it's just not the same sort of beast as uh as your phone as your your ipad or your mac with with this watch in particular what i'm after really is, is something that i can develop for that's like true. i said it's not just the, the you know the fact that the battery life is is rubbish i mean like on a day when i don't run it's basically passable but it quite often when i get home from work i still need to charge it that's not great yeah. um but I've, I've got an idea for a, an app to use while i'm running um, which doesn't really sound particularly unique because there's lots of running apps, but there's something that I want to play with and have a go at. And, and kind of doing this upgrade lets me you know, go off and explore that at some point over the next next few months. And so and there's that bit of me that's just like, I, can't, I literally could not consider developing for the series, not for a start, it's two generations back on the, the OS. <laughs> um, and it is like the slowest piece of whatever oh. for developing for that was the biggest complaint when they were new <laughs> yeah it was so bad I remember developing armchair for it <clears throat> and it was just it was hideous it was just so slow um, to the point where I just like I kept thinking like, is it even worth doing this um, but I just mm-hmm. kind of felt like I've got to have an Apple Watch that might set me apart from the competition and that kind of thing but in hindsight I probably shouldn't have bothered really yeah that'd be cool well I'm looking forward to see what you do um, yep so you're probably going to end up with a Series 3. I think so. That and maybe an iPad? Maybe an iPad. Um, <laughs> maybe not all at the same time. Maybe one follows after the other closer to Christmas. I think the watch is going to come sooner. Right, okay. Yeah, yeah. Um, just so I can can get on with monkeying around with uh, this, this running app that I'm thinking of as well. Um, and if, if the app does well, you know, it could, you know pay for the Apple Watch and, and then some you, know, you just don't know do you I mean like look, look what yeah. happened with AirSynth yeah exactly exactly and and, and it actually the idea that I've got is it's niche and it's fairly simple but I could see it being a sort of you know a thing that some people might sort of go yeah I've spent a couple of bucks on that you know because I, I would if it existed right now so that's that's not always the best sign of things but it, for me it's like yeah I, I want to have a look Mm. Um, I don't. I, it feels like it's probably not going to be the um, the most intense sort of level of effort as well. Like it's it's not going to have millions of screens to it, or, or or too much going on in terms of configuration. So, gotcha. Yeah, yeah. Provided well, yeah, give it a can, go. Can, definitely. Yeah, yeah. Um, we've got we've got to explore these things. I think just like that's one of the cool things about what we do is that we can just pick an idea and go at it. See see what's there. Um, yeah, that's awesome. Fully, fully encourage this uh, this this purchase. <laughs> <laughs> right. Well, that's that's my sign off then. Um, yep. <laughs> Dave has said. <laughs> yeah, I'm also the lunatic that's potentially about to buy a 16 inch MacBook Pro, so maybe don't listen to me on purchasing advice. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, we'll call that a wrap. If you've enjoyed today's show, it'd be great if you could leave us a review on iTunes or if you could leave us a recommendation in Overcast by hitting that star button. That will help us reach even more like-minded people. 
Um, also, we have our Slack channel. We'd love to invite you to join. Our hope is it can be a really great place for fellow developers to come and hang out. If you'd like to join, uh, just leave us a message on Twitter at WFR Podcast and we'll get you signed up. So, Dave, before we run off, where can people find you? You can find me on Twitter at DW Roboheads. That's Robohead spelled with a Z. And you can find my apps at Roboheads.com. Again, that's Robohead spelled with a Z. How about you, Dave? You can follow me online at DaveNot.co.uk or on Twitter, I'm at underscore DaveNot.com.